Yes, okay, everyone can hear me. Okay, we have another request from Fluid Food Blogger, and let's see if this one's going live. Hey, Vipa. Hello, how Good are you? Good to see you. So happy to see you. How's it going? Likewise. Sorry, I think Saloni, there's some problem with the network, so she's unable to connect. So I said okay. I can jump in and just take over. <laughs> no gender bias here. We're very happy to have you. Absolutely. So, thank you for joining. And I've been watching a lot of your shows, actually. So this is a, it's going to be fun to have you on the other side of this. <laughs> it always is, yeah. It always is. Okay, so quick introduction about the FPAI, guys. So as you, a lot of you know, the FPAI is India's premium online social channel for food, drinks, and anything hospitality. Yeah. They essentially help aggregate and then disseminate information about food, drinks, hospitality, etc. They're also super innovative. They've also set up their own IP properties by setting up India's first award for bloggers. I think it's called the IFBA Awards. And they've also done a series for home chefs, which is a hashtag home chef matters, where they're trying to promote home chefs. So guys, firstly, congratulations on setting thank up such you. a successful venture. And thank you for putting together a platform for food lovers and people in the food business. So this is great. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, Vibha. So, but, you know, as we're jumpstarting this interview, firstly, we all love food, right? Like that's what brings us all together. So as true. Yeah. <laughs> so why the business of food? Like what, you know, what made you think about getting into this space? So I think both Saloni and me have always loved food and we've always loved people. Um, uh, and um, uh, we've always read a lot and we are avid readers. Um, and I, I think what we did initially was actually started uh, building communities. And, and that's where we started. Uh, we started building. Uh, so there were a couple of our friends, foodies, etc. You know, we got in touch, met together, etc. And then we thought, why not get everyone online? And we started like that. And there was a lot of, you know, their friends and their friends and their friends. And uh, we started building communities. So initially, it was a community of only food bloggers. But as of now, how it stands, we have a community of home bakers, home chefs, uh, chefs, restauranteurs, uh, uh, food influencers, just foodies who love food. So different communities we've actually built. And then, uh, you know, we uh, add value to them. We activate them. We work with brands and, and a whole load of other things. Okay, great. And so, so it's, it's the passion for food for technology and social media and for community building, I think that's why we just started it. Great. So it's food, technology, people and communities. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So we'll jump into more specifics on each one of those aspects you brought up. Uh, but there are a lot of people who, you know, try to build community based businesses. So from when you started to now, how, how did, you know, what was the rate at which your communities grew? How big is the community now? And okay. how do you nurture, how do you nurture a community? So we, we, we've been uh, in the business now and initially it wasn't a business, it was just passion. I think only three and a half, four years back it actually, uh, where we started, um, uh, you know, actively getting involved with things. Uh, so the first three years was just the passion, did it for fun, made friends, etc, etc. Uh, so there was no agenda or intention then. And then we saw that, you know, this is actually good because we are adding a lot of value. Uh, we are also getting a lot of value. So it's a give and take relationship always. And that's what we believe in. And um, 
you know, and we said, why not structure it? Why not do it properly? And actually see if it works out for us where we can actually uh, also monetize. We need to uh, survive so we can monetize. Uh, but by adding a lot of value to people, be it, uh, uh, you know, home chef, chefs, uh, you know, home bakers, restaurateurs, whoever it is, add a lot of value. Uh, so that, um, uh, you know, we are seen as, um, you know, someone who actually is not only interested in, uh, you know, just building communities, etc., but also giving back to those communities. So so that's what we do and, and that's how it all came about. And uh, that's it. So uh, share with me an example or two, you know, how do you really add value? So when you're saying, you know, the, the words are kind of vague, so, like how do you so, add value? So I'll tell you, for example, um, uh, I, I think two years back, we got into the home chef space. Uh, we had a lot of friends who were home chefs, a lot of bloggers actually were also, uh, you know, into the, uh, you know, catering from home or cooking for their colony or this and that. And, and we said, you know, why not uh, do a kind of a conference for home chefs uh, where they learn to actually scale up their business to the next level. For example, topics like from home kitchen to commercial kitchen. You know, that's a scale up. Uh, things like finances and managing your finances uh, or GST. Uh, so everything that would be interest for a home chef to actually either professionalize, scale up or learn tips and tricks. Because a lot of people are not interested or cannot scale up. But at least learn them and, and uh, connect with the community. So we started doing this the third year or the fourth year of the conference. I mean, not this year. This year we haven't done it. We don't know. Yeah. But maybe we'll have an e-conference. But the third or fourth year of the conference, and it's fabulous. We have all the home chefs coming together, uh, sharing things together. And we have panel discussions and we have speakers. So we don't charge the home chefs anything at all. Uh, we just invite them. And, um, you know, if we have place and there are other people who want to come, most welcome. We don't have a problem at all. And it's a full day conference with lunch, with interacting. And you have different kinds of speakers, right from celeb chefs to experts in finance to experts in video, YouTubing your content, you know, Instagram, etc. Et so that is actually adding value to the home chefs. Course, uh, that's yeah. one. Uh, we also, for example, uh, share a lot of posts of home chefs on our profile, social media profile, whether Insta stories or whatever. Third is we started something called the FBI Kitchen uh, for Home Chefs, which is at the Bar Bank Juhu, which of course now is not, uh, for the time being, is not there, where we actually gave an opportunity to Home Chefs to rotate uh, every month their cuisine and actually sell it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, they actually get the experience of actually owning a restaurant. or It's a food truck, but ultimately it's a restaurant. Managing your KOTs and everything and actually selling your food creating your dishes, pricing, portion control, etc. So, so that experience you won't get. Yeah. And we don't charge them anything again. So that is where you call adding value, for example, in the terms of home chefs. Okay. That's very yeah. helpful. So yeah. I, I like the approach. You initially started out simply as a community. You first yes. brought people together. Yes. You didn't think about monetization at the outset. Yes. Absolutely. And even after you're monetizing, you're constantly thinking about ways to add value to your community. Totally. Totally. Okay. Yes. I think that that's very helpful because a lot of people jump into building platforms and they immediately want to monetize. Yes. I think that's where they really go wrong. So yes. I'm, I'm glad you're being honest and just sharing that experience up front that it takes a lot of nurturing. Yeah. And Viva, relationships are key. Uh, luckily, both Saloni and myself are people's persons. 
you know we love building relationships meeting people talking to people and whoever you are it doesn't matter you know uh, yeah, i mean even if there's a person of irrelevance we still talk to them meet them so it doesn't matter we are people like that and i think that has actually helped us actually build all of this sure so yeah. the obviously those aspects of your personality go into building yes, the of course no doubt okay and uh, what happens next so you you build a community you start nurturing it and then obviously you said you needed to sustain it as a business so yeah, yeah. where is the business behind all of this so business behind for example our home chef conference the first one we did it just like that uh, we we actually paid out of our pocket a lot of money we didn't really make money um uh, after that we've actually not really been making money through this but we've covered our cost completely so for example godrej industry sponsors the home chef conference oh, since wow. the last 3 years yeah so you have uh, all their food brands like vikroli kuchina godrej yummies uh, uh, you know nature's basket was there earlier so all of them actually sponsored so the cost of the venue the cost of the food the cost of the collaterals and everything is covered so at least we don't have to spend out of pocket so we don't really make money out of these conferences because we okay. don't charge we don't do but at least now that our costs are completely covered uh, so okay. we don't have to worry about costs per se and then and you have brands where are we... you doing in uh, bombay only we have a question from shalini going who says do you do these outside of bombay as well so shalini um, uh, the last um, uh, a year and a half back we did a home bakers conference very interesting because we are connected with home chefs and home bakers and we believe there's a distinction in both uh, we did it in bangalore a year and a half back if you look at the hashtag on social media and we always hashtag everything uh, hashtag home bakers matter bakers with an s and matter singular you will actually find uh, photos comments posts about the conference so again it was similar to home chefs so about 100 bakers coming together in bangalore again adding value we had a fun bake off like we do a fun cook off with right. limited ingredients where we use ingredients of the brand that's why they pay us because that's how you sustain yourself and uh, you know it's a fun thing it becomes like a family a big family and that is the fun of the joy in the entire thing so okay. we've done in bangalore we've done in pune we've done in bombay we want to and we will venture out uh this year we are planning two more cities but now i don't know what the scene yeah. is and we will wait and see i'm sure an opportunity will arise whether virtual or physical so the events you said you get these sponsors and they sponsor the events yes absolutely. other ways of monetizing a platform so we do uh, for example we do social media campaigns uh, we are quite strong in social media uh, we do for brands uh, for example we do something called the fpi review box where we actually pay uh either influencers bloggers home chef depending on what category the brand wants so if they actually um, pay uh, you, you know want say to try a recipe say with apples we send it to eight home chefs or eight home bakers we give them a certain fee a small amount nominal amount and they create a recipe and a video for the brand tagging us so that is another way of monetization Uh, again for restaurants we do um, uh, you know a lot of work for restaurants and uh, again that is pure monetization for restaurants okay. uh, you know so different ways of monetization uh, so you managed to build build a community that you are able to now successfully monetize as well so we are not actually monetizing the community we are monetizing our brand okay. so now for example if someone wants a post on fbi we will never use the community members to monetize 
we okay. don't do that because if we are asking them for something we always give something in return but we we have built our brand in such a way that if someone asks us for a post uh instagram post we can charge them x amount and okay. you know that's it sure. so that is pure monetization just using our brand if they Absolutely. want a video from us we charge them if they want anything from us uh, we charge them if okay. they want a tweet from us we charge them uh, okay. because we are present right from twitter instagram snapchat we are on tiktok now uh, we are on linkedin we are on facebook we are on youtube so all the social media channels because our objective is to monetize the brand and not okay. the people who we build communities with sure okay yeah Makes yeah sense. I yeah. have a question here from Wahida Khurzuk who says do you think a food truck culture will work in India food truck um uh, by for all practical purposes if you look at street food it is like a food truck culture in my opinion you have the thela walas uh, they have those other kind of carts that they bring in and not a modern street food kind of cart and they sell their wares from there yes hygiene is a issue the menu is limited etc etc Uh, uh but ultimately that food truck concept of street food has been there in all countries for eons but when you are talking about typical food truck concept like the western has and like india has it will pick up but not a very large way not at all yeah and on on the same vein i have a question from sakshi who says will the diy boxes which high end restaurants have started due to the corona virus be the next wave in the industry do you see any of this picking up So Sachi um uh, honestly I think that's a brilliant idea that they're doing uh DIY boxes so if I want say a couch suite and I feel like having it and a restaurant of my choice actually I don't have to go there instead of delivering ready made food they deliver the ingredients which I can assemble or cook together like a DIY box it's brilliant to a point of time that I'll order once twice thrice uh which is great it'll be fun cooking with the family or myself but picking up to a large extent again uh, it totally depends on how the future is ahead you know whether lockdown continues whether it eases off it totally depends on that so very difficult to say but in my personal view no it won't pick up to that extent it will pick up now for the time being but how much we don't know okay thank you for answering that Uh, a yeah. similar question from Abel who asks with the growing health concerns due to the pandemic how will the food and hospitality industry take a hit and what can they do to recover so it's already taken a hit because big hit uh, there are uh, once the lockdown is lifted and um, things ease there are you are going to see a multitude of restaurants um, shut down simple there's no no choice i've been in contact with uh, a lot of people the associations the industry uh food and beverage and hospitality hoteliers etc and it's a very 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 tough time so a restaurants will shut down we don't know which and what depending on their staying power depending on uh, how long this continues and depending on what respite they get from the government uh, these three things uh, and also how they negotiate with the landlord because when you look at the fnb land uh, you know rentals are one huge cost so depending on all these you know three four things uh, either restaurants will shut or stay the biggest challenge of restaurants those who have deeper pockets or sources to stay on is getting consumers back 
footfall back in the restaurants is going to be tough um, uh, to keep it as it was before. Uh, they have to spend more on hygiene, etc. Their covers will come down if social distancing comes into play. So there are going to be a lot of losses for the restaurants. When you look at home delivery, those who started home delivery contributes between 6 to 12% of any restaurant revenue. So that is marginal. That is not the focus of any restaurant. You anyway. don't see the, the delivery business now increasing in the situation? It is increasing. It is increasing, but to a certain extent. I mean, uh, so what is increasing is the home chef business, very interestingly. If I have a home chef in my colony or in the next building who I know personally, I know she, I know her, I know she follows hygiene, it's a known person physically, sure. I probably would tend to order from her more than from a restaurant. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So you, you, we're certain that some restaurants are definitely going to shut down. Definitely. And the ones that survive, given the rentals, etc. and the business are still going yeah. to face a tough time. Very tough time. Like Love 15 Kolaba shut down in Bombay. Yeah. So, That's so, what I mean, yeah. saying that I mean, if you look at that, yeah. Sad. But then you have to justify your means for existence. If you can't, you can't. As simple as that. Ultimately, what do you it's think a business. restaurateurs can do though? What advice are you giving your friends in the industry? What are industry people talking about? What are they? How are they sort of coming together? Are they lobbying with the government? Like, what are they doing? Yeah, so they are. So I, I, I think one uh, big platform is NRAI, the National Restaurants Association of India. And yeah. they've actually come together. They are feeding the needy. They have a, a, a kind of a program that they're actually serving, uh, you know, 5 million meals have been served, etc. I think that's brilliant. That This has actually got restaurateurs together. Uh, in one, uh, you know, under one head. And uh, they are looking actually at developing something um, uh, new in terms of loyalty and in terms of delivery. Uh, where they are not, uh, uh, you know, and that's what, from whatever I know, I will know probably, but this is probably true. And uh, they don't want to rely on third parties. So, okay. so if they have complete control over delivery, over loyalty of the consumer, it becomes that much easier to, you know, collate data of existing com consumers, add value to them, ensure they come back to the restaurant and more. Okay. So this looks like a, it's going to be a tough ride up, huh? It's going to be a tough, very tough ride. Very tough ride. Yeah. Okay. So keeping fingers crossed, keeping that's fingers the only thing we can do. Yeah. And yeah. Whatever capacity we as patrons of these restaurants can help, obviously we'd love to help. So yeah. do keep us so, informed through your platform. Absolutely. So the only way currently at least to help is to go back and visit your local favorite restaurants when they open up. Um, mm. At least go out once. Uh, whenever you're comfortable, it doesn't mean as they open up you need to rush no. out. Whenever you're comfortable in going out, uh, go visit your favorite restaurant and, um, you know, try it out and you're actually supporting them there. So, uh, a question from Eldo who says, you know, the next thing is going to be ready to cook. So, that's similar to the DIY package. Yeah, DIY. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eldo, you're right to a large extent. I don't know if it'll be a big thing. I have my uh, skepticism there. Uh, I'm not sure. As of now, yes, it could be. But we will know probably a month from now whether it will be the next big thing. Like, you know, but, blue uh, print, right? but yeah, there are a lot of ready-to-cook things already. For example, Tata has Tata Q, yeah. uh, which, which is actually a ready-to-made. You have veg, you have non-veg sauces. 
the thing is that uh, th sorry that is more ready to eat not ready yeah. to cook i'm sorry so ready to eat is a, also a market but the taste there suffers because you need to actually have a larger shelf life and ready to eat always there's a even if you look at the gates or any other brand there is that kind of taste you get so you know it doesn't qualify as a proper meal necessarily and ready to cook yes it is big it is going to grow whether it's diy cake kids or you know an upma by upma by mtr i'm just yeah. saying that is also ready to cook and that is something we anyway use sure. which maybe we'll be using a more 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 you know But poha by someone about like going to a restaurant right it's of not course, just a cooking experience of course restaurant no. is all about the experience it's not yeah. only the food it's of right course. from the beginning you plan at home with the family yeah. or your spouse or your kid or even your better half Then let's go out for dinner today. That's when the experience starts. Right. Then deciding what cuisine, deciding where, getting ready, going out, reaching there, and so it's the entire end-to-end -end experience and coming back. And the reservation phone call, whether the lady yes. was nice or rude, you know, whether yeah. she said yes yeah. or she said no, we're all yeah. sold out, and you're like, I'm never going yeah. back to this place. Yeah. It's it's all part of it. The appetite builds up from right that that point. Yeah, 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 absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, so I have a question from Sakshi who says, "What is the difference between a blogger and an influencer in the food space?" There seems to be a little confusion with this jargon. So thanks, thanks Sakshi for asking this question. Yeah, so Sakshi, there's a lot of difference actually, and there's a lot of confusion also. Uh, typically, um, uh, you have something called a blogger. A blogger is a person who actually. Uh, so a lot of food influencers call themselves blogger. A lot of Uh, food uh, on social media calls themselves a blogger. Uh, you know who just open Instagram accounts and just post on food. Uh, they are actually not bloggers. They are bloggers are people who actually use platforms like WordPress and write a blog. That is a blogger. Or they have a website and they write content and they curate content on a website or a blog. Is a blogger. very clearly a food influencer can be a food influencer on any social media platform it could be instagram which is now the rage uh, twitter was a couple of years back it could be snapchat if i am posting only on snapchat only about food i am a food influencer in the snapchat space you know if i am posting only on instagram and nowadays everyone's on instagram uh that is and that's why we are doing this chat on instagram so that is why uh food influencers call themselves bloggers also and it's accepted by pr agencies brands okay a blogger hai look at his account is this but they may not have a url which is a website or a blog uh, that they write in regularly so if you look at the traditional sense shakshi blogger someone who has a website or a blog uh influencer doesn't need to have that and can be on any social media there are some influencers who are word of mouth influencers so for example they may not really post but their power in the and their influence in the food industry so much that their word of mouth is good enough mm. 
one more thing um, uh, a lot of the influencers are called also micro bloggers because you're okay. looking at social media so you can term them as micro bloggers because they are actually blogging on the micro sites but that's it okay so a blogger yeah. is also an influencer because through their blog posts they absolutely also 100% an influencer need not be a blogger a at blog. all influencers yes. are a, it's a wider term for totally. anyone Influencing. Okay. Totally. A comment from Travel Food Insta saying Instagram is the only criteria these days for most PR. It's unfortunate. Do you think so too, Samir? Yeah, very unfortunate. Non. I I don't know the fortunate or unfortunate, but uh, uh, see, it's an industry norm now, and everyone's following it, whether mm. PR or brand. For example, it's an industry norm to buy followers. Okay, that's a very touchy topic, but I address it freely. To me, it doesn't make okay. a difference. Uh, there are people who, and even brands buy followers. So if you look at a, a multinational brand, they have not got five, uh, ten, twenty million followers overnight, or even no. by worthy of being a brand. At some point or the other, all brands buy followers. That is a fact. Okay. Yeah. Uh, people may say no, yes, whatever. That is my fact, and that's what I know. Sure. Um, uh, so from the brands buying followers now. Uh, when you look at social media influencers, it is a norm that social media influencers who want to reach a certain amount of influence actually buy followers. I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying it's wrong. There's a difference between uh, followers organically and there's a difference between bot followers and those kind of profiles. That is it. Whether mm -hmm. a brand wants this or that or doesn't care what as long as the numbers are there is a different story. But that is how the reality is. That's it. Hmm. Sure. Okay. But that, I mean, it's also, you know, it's a function of the world we live in, right? Because the PR folks will also be Absolutely. 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 We do it as consumers. We will follow someone who has 2 million followers. It's, it's a perpetuated cycle and we are all part of you know. I mean, I've been approached by people saying that, you will get followers. We've never bought followers, but I've been approached. So I know the industry. So I know how it works and what kind of followers and what is the kind of cost you pay and, uh, uh, you know, what, what you can pay to get X number of followers. How many are bots? How many are uh, organic? The, the, how Instagram works is if you have 50, as you said rightly, if you have 50,000 followers, automatically, if I see your profile, I will follow you. Sure. You know, yeah. whether those followers are real or no doesn't make a difference. Right. So exactly. it just works in that fashion. And that is how the industry works. And you have to deal with it and work with it. Sorry. Yeah, I, I think even the even the social media companies have obviously realized that. And therefore, this whole business of buying and selling yeah, yeah, yeah. is perpetuated and, by them. You know? Yes. And Vipa, okay, some heard... brands are okay. Some brands are absolutely okay if people have bought followers. So it's fine. It works for those brands. I mean, who are we to say yes or no? Or why are you taking this one? If that works for your brand, great. Good for you. If it doesn't work for your brand, great. As simple as that. And for probably for some mass brands, buying followers might even help. Right? Of course. Because of course. If, for your example, product if you look, if product. You look, yeah. if you look at TikTok as a profile, uh, right. uh, TikTok is being done by everyone and anyone. Yeah. Okay, uh, the kind of profile, at least in India, of TikTok, if if you have chosen uh, to follow people from India, 
uh, initially I was aghast by the kind of profile. Mm -hmm. Okay, personally, mm -hmm. uh, that is a very personal opinion. But over time, I realized that there are brands which are mass, which you need to reach the masses. For example, yeah. if I were salt, Tata Salt. You're selling soap or nirma, soap, or salt, salt, any right. category. I mean, right. rice, dal. If yeah. you want to reach the masses, TikTok is the way to go. Oil, cooking oil, and so that's why we started on TikTok in a hope. And our content on TikTok is very different. You cannot have the Instagram content on TikTok. It has to have uh, either funny or you know uh, Hindi music in the background. You know, there are a lot of other things that come into play, but brands are increasingly looking at TikTok slowly sure. and surely to as putting a part of their social media budget, maybe half percent, maybe less, but towards TikTok to test it out. You know, they don't know. Also, it's new for everyone. They don't know how it's going to work, but they want to test it out, and they will spend on it for sure. And why not? It's a new platform. Uh, irrespective, TikTok is from China. They, we all know that. So is Zoom. I mean, sure. uh, you know, still everyone's using it. You know, whatever you say, you know. But but that's how it is. So, you know, so you know. It, and also, see, in in our country, if you look at it, our population is uh, not very very educated. Sure. Okay, compared to a lot of other countries, TikTok yeah. is a way to actually. Um, express themselves. Yeah. So we have a comment here from Travel Food Insta who says exactly that people can't read and write, but they can talk and listen. Yeah, know? yeah, absolutely. And that's where video content really kicks in. Yeah, yeah. Video that's memes, true. video content, funny content, humorous, uh, yeah. stupid. Uh, that works brilliantly. So it, it's and that's why for TikTok India is a huge market. Right. You know, very very big. Probably the largest I think for them. And it works. Why not? So, uh, you know, when it, in in this business of food, and as customers, we are all probably guilty of doing this. But we'll go post a negative review. You know, if the uh, if the waiter just gave me hot water instead of cold, I'll make a big fuss about it, and then I'll say I'm going to go post on social media, and we'll go post. And you know, and, and since you're since you're managing such a large platform, you know, I'm I'm sure there are bloggers and influencers who might say something negative. About a brand or a restaurant, right? Now, when we when you post something negative, how much do you think about you know what is going to happen to the restaurant? And you know, was this one isolated incident or was this? Yeah. yeah. How do you judge this? It's like small sensitive issues, but they have massive repercussions. They have massive repercussions. So two things that have massive repercussions. One is uh, plagiarism, plagiarism, or however you you know, yeah. which is huge in the food industry. Uh, and with influencers, so that uh, there is no respite from. You How have to just take the food industry. Uh, no, no, in in the social media space of the food industry. So okay. I may copy your post, a brand may copy the pictures, put different uh -huh. content, hide half the pictures, and a lot of people actually approach us saying this is happening. In fact, two days back it happened again, and we take it upon us to try and be the mediator and intervene with the people. To end it off amicably, you know, sure. so the person pulls their post down, apologizes, and that's it, you know. Okay. Uh, so, so that's what we can do, but there are no laws really uh, again for it, you know. So that is one problem. 
Uh, the other problem is negative reviews of restaurants. When you look at that, yeah. uh, uh, primarily the most uh, reviewed platform currently is Zomato. Mm -hmm. Okay, so Zomato is where people go and write reviews. Uh, if if you want to look at restaurant reviews, you need to go to Zomato no, because any other platform. <clears throat> I mean, you have uh, you know travel this and this and that. Make uh, what, what's yeah, it called? TripAdvisor. Like we we all go to Zomato and check the reviews. TripAdvisor is there and this and yeah. that, but Zomato is big. Yeah. Okay, and restaurants get very offended because there's a rank system and rating system. So if there's a negative system, uh, review, the rating actually comes down. And even consumer, a lot of people on Zomato know this, you know. So it's a very dicey, as you said, very dicey they, situation. They, because some intentionally weapon. do it, yeah. some don't. Some do it as an honest review. Restaurateurs get pissed, you know, and there are all sort of things happening there. Uh, you know, and I you believe. Sometimes you see competitors, you know, going and doing like I mean, I can I can tomorrow hire hundred people to do negative reviews yeah. and pull the restaurant down. It's yes. as simple. I pay them five hundred each. Exactly. They pull the restaurant down. Their ratings will go like that. So anyone no. can do that. Yeah. You know. Uh, Zomato says they have checks and balances in place, which they do. But mm -hmm. <clears throat> I'm sure it still can. Lots of things can be done. No technology is um, of anyone it's is uh, you know foolproof. Yeah. yeah. But but my thing is my personal opinion is if you are a responsible person, you need to take it as your responsibility that not to thrash a place because there's a lot of hard work that goes. You know, into building a place. I've read some reviews, which is where people are rude, this and those yeah. are done intent. You know, so so you have to actually judge it in your own way. You know, very difficult to have blanket rules and regulations, or you know, this is right, this is wrong. It's it's a very uh, uh, you know thing that you judge in your own way and you figure things out. So it's you know that. It's a dicey that, that, one, huh? Yeah. So it's a touchy yeah. subject for a lot of people, uh, you know. But yeah, but that's the truth. Yeah. I have I have a comment from Travel Food Insta who says negative feedback is good if it's constructive and if it's fair. Yeah. So, so negative feedback idea. should be constructive criticism. Sure. <clears throat> for example, if you say the hotter, the dish was cold yeah. uh, and horrible, you can always say that the dish was not served at the right temperature and it could have been. Warmer to enhance the flavor than the taste. So Correct. that that is an example of constructive criticism. We are being and honest. And topping it up by saying that you know, whereas the other dish was served okay, or like the yeah, yeah, the server absolutely. was very you know something yeah. like sort of yeah. So that is a pure example of constructive criticism. Yeah, I think the customers are just not sensitive enough, right? They're not sensitive to what goes on behind the scenes in a restaurant. No, so one is the customer, but uh, Vibha, there are also some restaurateurs who don't care. So it's a mix of both. It mm -hmm. is not you cannot only blame the con consumers. Mm -hmm. I have seen restaurateurs who don't give a shit. Waiters are not trained. Uh, servers are not trained, and you're uh, uh, you know getting the bad end of the stick. So it works both ways. Both so ways. it's very okay. uh, yeah, it it does no doubt. Okay, good. Yeah, good point. Thank you for clarifying. I have a question yeah, here from Vishreen. Yeah. Says, with Bombay having such a big street food culture, what do you think is going to happen? What's going to happen to our bhelwalas and the vada pav wala? So that that is what even I'm worried about. That is something you know, I'm very sad about. If that, you know, 
I I don't know. So you know, does I anyone don't... have any ideas, guys? Yes, if you guys have any ideas, post some ideas for us here on the chat because, I mean, honestly, yeah. we don't know, and I don't obviously don't see any of them around, and I don't have their yeah. phone numbers, you know, because it wasn't a so, delivery. So if if it's going to be a call. yeah, if it's going to be a hygiene issue, which it will be, uh, like how uh, you know Juhu Beach had only Thela Wala, and they actually yeah. converted it into like a food court properly, you yeah. know, etc. That is the probably the only way to go for. you know street food you know to have a like a street food court and um, uh, you know all the vada pavs the bombay sandwich the pav bhaji the this and the bhajias and so many things uh, you know we will miss it's uh, unbelievable okay so no no idea how huh? what's going to happen no idea no idea at all i'm okay. keeping my fingers crossed all keeping our fingers crossed Uh, yeah. what's your take on veganism you know veganism is growing in yeah. europe it's all over and you know what's your take on this as a trend and outside of veganism what's sort of another trend or two that you are sort of seeing emerging in the food space so uh, uh, there are a lot of advocates of veganism in india now uh, i've spoken to at least three of them in the past 40 chats that i've done uh, uh, and uh, it is more of an urban phenomena in my view veganism uh it is not penetrating to the grassroots levels in india at all even urban phenomena it is probably uh, you know 5 to 7% of the urbans who actually look into it um so it will take yeah very small number so it is a very small growth it will grow it will take time it will grow marginally there won't be a boom suddenly but it will grow i mean like any other and you don't you don't you look see at trends as a Yeah. You don't see veganism as a no. I I just have some comments on the on the food uh, space on the hawkers. If I have a comment here from Shilpa who says there might be specified hawking zones for vendors with hygiene yeah. certificates. That's absolute possible. Yeah. Uh, Pratap Anjali says need BMC to license vendors and assign spaces. Yes, agree. Like That's they did on Joe Beach, uh, Anjali. You know they actually license them properly. assign spaces and now you can go and eat and it's a much cleaner environment with more hygiene so similar to that they should do at all the khau gullies like they call it in amchi uh, mumbai yeah. so yeah so the khau gullies they can actually uh, do that. they could be suggested to wear gloves yes of course they could wear gloves uh sudeep majumdar says i think it's a temporary phenomenon he's dismissing all this he's saying people will go back super i love it <laughs> sudeep <laughs> so deep i'm with you but i think all the measures everyone suggesting are sort of the interim measures and i think they're great ideas uh, uh before sam before we get into the trends for the future question again from sakshi jivrajka i think she seems to be enjoying all your advice what advice would you give to all the new home chefs that are springing up during lockdown quarantine yeah. cooking <laughs> it's a new trend of course thank you sakshi jivrajka great question Yeah, so Sakshi, I think the world is cooking up a storm, and uh, whether even not home chefs are actually getting into the kitchen and experimenting, and I think it's brilliant. I mean, you open social media and it's like a, a you know cooking channel. Anything you open, right from Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, I always feel that. Uh, but uh, if you are actually seriously looking at taking your skills as a home chef to the next level, and you've experimented it. during the lockdown the idea is to hone your skills for sure um, we can get you in touch with other home chefs who actually gone from a to b 
and or probably A to Z. And uh, you can learn a lot from them. Uh, we also have, uh, uh, you know, a couple of groups uh, which uh, Saloni runs. So one is called the Indian Culinary, where there are all home chefs, uh, uh, where we meet for a potluck every month, uh, cooking uh, Indian cuisine, Indian regional cuisine. And there are over 100 people on that group. Um, uh, you know, and then there's a group called Wild Asparagus Table, which is international cuisine. And we've got the Baker's Club of India, which is only okay. baking. Okay. So you're, you're yeah. saying they can... Sakshi, you should definitely follow at the FPAI. Uh, yeah, just DM us and uh, Saloni or me can help you out. Don't worry. And Shalini Goenka says, the sorry adults, even kids are becoming master chefs in this Ah, world. yes. <laughs> in, 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 in fact, Shalini, we just did a, a workshop by one of the chefs we work with, Vidita Kamath. Today, this afternoon on Zoom in the morning at 11.30 with Podar International School. Uh, and um, it was an initiative of F FBAI where we had about 18 chefs, actually uh, young chefs, some with their parents, some not, actually attending the Zoom class. And she made a paneer taco uh, nice. uh, out of roti at home. So using home ingredients. And uh, yes, kids are cooking a song too. That's a great idea. Uh, yeah. We still have some comments coming up on the food vendors. I think people are really affected. Rakhi says the cart vendors could leave their phone numbers on their boards and then organize deliveries. Okay, thank you, yeah. Rakhi. Uh, Travel Food Insta says street food vendors also need an association like the NRAI. Yeah. That's yeah. a good idea. There is no association. Yes. And it also says that street food vendors are also working on delivery. Absolutely, they're working on delivery. Yeah, okay. that's a great idea. They should, yes. Uh, yes, kids are becoming more aware and more conscious. Any any kids angle, Sam, on your platform? No, so I think kids is... So we've got FBI Kids. Uh, um, uh, we've got that as a sub-brand. We haven't really focused on it. Okay. Uh, we've had no time because we've got FBI, FBI Lifestyles, FBI Drinks, <laughs> and a lot more. But Lots. we are looking at focusing it now, on, on it now. And, uh, um, you know, let's see how that goes. You've got a lot it's on a your It's a huge plate. opportunity. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> okay, some trends. What trends are you seeing? Emerging trends. So I think DIY kids, kids uh, or, uh, you know, cook your own meal at home kind of kids will be a trend. Now, I don't know whether it will be only a trend. Trends normally are there for a while and go away. Uh, okay. That that's the meaning of trend. So I don't know whether it'll just be a trend or it'll be here to stay. Um, and uh, uh, so I think that is big. Uh, but then there are a lot of other things. But I don't want to comment anything now because as of now we don't know anything, Viva. Right. Honestly, so it's unfair to you know talk about trends when we don't know where we are. All of us are heading. <laughs> so I oh, just hope that doesn't become design. a trend. Huh? Okay. It's, it's just yeah. an uncertain time, right? It's, it's yeah, just, yeah. It's just difficult. Yeah. yeah, food food that changed. Okay, yeah. So, Sam, yeah, Sakshi, that's talk. true. I agree on that point. That That's a good idea. Food that let's, changes. Let's ask, let's ask Sam what would be, uh, what are the three foods that changed his his mood? Sam, what are the three foods? Can't so, one is avocado for sure. Though it's avocado done in death, there. done to death. But done I love death, that. But still loved. But still love it. Uh, the second is artichoke. I artichoke. love artichokes. You like artichokes. Yeah. So, so that's, I'm talking about ingredient based. So, um, artichokes uh, for example, you change your mood, you like them that much? 
yeah yeah star fruit star fruit another thing yeah i can go on having that i love it and then there are more there are mushrooms there are olives there are leeks there are a lot more of the uh, thing i personally i um, uh, love a couple of regional you know things and a couple of international thing both a mix of both kamrak okay. is star fruit kamrak yes yes kamrak yeah, i love it <laughs> kamrak artichokes and avocados okay and prawns and it can go on <laughs> don't list goes on okay yeah okay but when you love look the- at cooked food dim sum sushi uh, are things i i love asian so dim sum and sushi are my like kind of comfort food not at home home is dal chawal but sure. otherwise dim sum when i go out dim sum sushi and asian bows salads done that's it okay uh, going to just ask you the last question as we sign off here yeah. so since this is a career related show for people who want to be in this career what advice yeah. would you give to someone who would wants to follow in your footsteps and become a food influencer okay so there there are couple of things um, so i don't know we uh, rightly call the food influencer uh, we are more of a platform and we actually help food influencers and bloggers and home chefs etc but irrespective of whatever whatever you are doing the, yeah what <laughs> whatever you are doing in the food space do it with all sincerity for sure uh, focus uh, have an agenda uh, have two agendas one is short term one is long term a uh, short term the vision can go on changing but a long term goal keep it steadfast so my goal is to become uh say a uh, professional chef i'm just saying in a five star kitchen how to achieve it can go on changing but that is my ultimate goal ultimate goals also can go on changing uh but that changes very once in a while but keep at it persistence is the key persistence persistence sustenance and frequency of what you're doing go on doing it you will not get results immediately but ultimately you will there's no question and if you believe in it and it's coming from within you're a winner okay so you're saying passion at the core of everything yes. repetitive practice and perseverance yes totally okay. okay that's very helpful you have an invitation from shalini goenka who says staff fruits hey, and shalini that's so cool <laughs> thank you so much after where, where is your garden she mentioned earlier she's from bangalore Oh my so God. whenever you do your next uh, baker's yeah whenever i visit i'll i'll connect shalini i i think you know i love also gardening so i love seeing how things are grown harvesting it i i oh. it, it's just fun okay great this yeah. is very helpful sam thank you so much and we learned a lot Vipa. about the business behind food so really appreciate your time thank you so much i look forward to seeing you in person and sharing a drink with you soon sam absolutely thank you vibha and thank you guys for joining Thank Bye. you all for joining. Thanks, yes. Sam. And uh, guys, we have episode six coming up on uh, Friday. We're going to have Sonia Shinoy, who is a news anchor on CNBC. She's going to talk about the business of being a news anchor and talk about a little bit about the financial markets from her. So stay tuned. And if there's a career that you are curious about or really uh, interested in exploring, please let us know, and we'd uh, love to have your opinion. and thank you all for participating you know anita sakshi both sakshis travel insta you guys asked some really good uh, questions so thank you so much i hope i was able to cover able chiru 
Nishreen, H. 